Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Good evening everyone. Have you heard from God? Tonight we'll see in our passage that there is a clear emphasis from the author on the word of God. It was intentional that all the songs that we sang tonight that Isaac has chosen were were centered around the word of God. We will see in verse 1 that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and then we'll see in verse 21 that the Lord revealed himself to to Samuel through the word of the Lord. Now it is interesting that if we had to ask is is the word rare today? It's it's probable that we might say no because we have more than one bible on our bookshelf bookshelf we have the bible in many different translations on our phones we have churches that are filled with bibles we have podcasts that use the bible we have social media where you find different quotes on the bible so we are those who are spoiled however this has contributed to what i think is a twofold problem and the twofold prob- problem is this the people of god are seeming to grow tired of the word of the lord more and more people want something else in fact i was discouraged as i read on twitter this afternoon that someone was saying hey i'd rather go to church to simply sing the songs and not listen to preaching And as I read the comments under that Twitter post everyone was saying I I wish someone else had said this earlier because the preaching of the word is boring. Second problem is because the word though the word is regularly taught it is regularly taught in error. We do live in an age where wicked men are twisting the scriptures to say whatever they wanted to say to benefit their pockets and to benefit their lusts making a mockery to God. But we also have the problem of people in the pews who turn to the scriptures only to look for a motivational quote to put on their WhatsApp status. people who turn to the scriptures only looking for a pick me up rather than turning to the scriptures looking for the lord of hosts looking for the author of our salvation looking for the god who is full of majesty full of splendor full of might and so we probably could say that the word is becoming rare today paul said to timothy for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths into myths and it's with that backdrop that we find ourselves tonight in 1 Samuel chapter 3 1 Samuel chapter 3 and we'll read verse 1 now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was laying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. 
And Samuel was laying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of the Lord was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down, verse 6, and the Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again, verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went to lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Verse 12, on that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity he, that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Verse 19. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do ask, as we've just sung, that you would speak to us today. And, Lord, we pray that we would respond And say, speak, Lord, for your servants here. God, we pray that I would just be a vessel, Lord, whom you are using, and that it would be your spirit and your word that ministers to us tonight. Lord, we do pray that you you would challenge each of us as believers about our relationship with your word. Lord, if there's some among us who the word has become stale, if there's some among us who see no reason to be found daily in the scriptures, If there's some among us, Lord, who have replaced time in your word with something else, Lord, won't you challenge us, challenge all of us, including myself, to consider, Lord, what a joy it is to be found in your presence. And so, Lord, we do pray that uh, tonight your spirit would work in our midst and bless this time through the preaching of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I'd like us to consider tonight is a young man and an aged priest. A young man and an aged priest. 
The author picks up from where uh, Isaac left off last week. Isaac had shared this last week that the author was intentional in comparing Samuel to the sons of Eli. And there's no doubt that the author tonight continues to, to look at and consider the character of Samuel. Samuel was a servant of the Lord. In chapter 2, verse 11, chapter 2, verse 18, chapter 3, verse 1, Samuel will be described as one who was ministering to the Lord. What Hannah had prayed for is coming to pass. Again, it's also worth us mentioning that Samuel grew up close to these very sons of Eli. He saw and he had heard of all that they were doing. He saw their evil ways and yet this did not sway him from ministering to the Lord in the temple. Samuel was found looking for a gem. Samuel was found looking for a precious rock. Samuel was found in the right position to hear from the Lord. And the author puts it this way, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. That word rare is an interesting word. The word rare there means precious. The word was splendid. It was weighty. It was valuable. The word was rare. It was not commonly found. There was no frequent visions in the land. In fact, the last time we heard from the Lord was in chapter 2 when the man of God came to Eli to pronounce judgment on his sons. And it seems to us here that Samuel was well positioned to receive the honey drops from the lips of God. Look at verse 2 and verse 3. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not gone out, had not gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Did you catch that? Eli was at home. His eyes were growing dim, both physically and spiritually. He ignored the sin of his sons. He let it slide. He turned a blind eye. Though they did not listen to him in chapter 2, verse 25, he did not remove them from service in the temple. The old priest was lying in his bed at home. But where was Samuel? Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. He was in the presence of God, ministering before him, waiting to hear from him. Church, it is sad. It is sad that the, the older people get, the older members in our body seem to think that they are now in a season where because of their old age and gray hair, they can sit back. They have served God in their olden days. They served God in the, in the time of their youth. There's no need to break a sweat or to be inconvenienced for the cross. No, I did that when I was younger. No, I've heard that story before. No, I've been there and I've done that. So they are now found lying in their beds at home instead of being where God would have them be serving the Lord of hosts in their old age. Now, before I get written off, old people don't cancel you, they write you off. The point I'm making here must be applied to each individual older person. 
Sometimes the bones are weak, the body is giving in, the strength is fading, so physical participation is almost impossible. So this does not apply to every elderly person. In fact, the Lord has created good works that must be completed by people till the day that they die. So whether you're a teenager who's living on the edge, or whether you're an older person, you must search your heart, search to see where and how the Lord wants to use you in your current season. So if you're housebound and you believe in the providence of God, how can you serve God bound in your house? That's the point. Serve the Lord till your dying day. Now back to the text. How about you here tonight? Where are you? Do you intentionally place yourself in the presence of God? Is, has the word of God grown just too familiar for you? Has it grown stale? Have you lost its taste? Is the word, of, is the word to you still sweet like those drippings of the honeycomb? Have you positioned yourself in the presence of God? Now that might be a weird phrase for some of us. I am not going charismatic, I promise you. So let me explain that, 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 that expression, position yourself in the presence of God. We all know and we believe that God is omnipresent. He is present everywhere in the same time, in the same way, meaning in the fullness of his being and his perfections. So what does it mean to position yourself in the presence of God? The psalmist would say in Psalm 21 verse 6, For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with joy of your presence. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So though God is everywhere, there is an expression of his felt presence to those who find find themselves in his word. Samuel was yet to know the Lord, but he was in the place where the Lord could reveal himself to him. He was right before the presence of God and he did not know it yet. He was yet to have that fuller, more intense, more certain, more joyful, more satisfying, more transforming experience of the reality of God. And so we get verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel which is my second point, the clear call of God. Read with me verse 4 to 10. Then the Lord called Samuel and said, and the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had, yet, had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. I don't know about you, but my mom would call me <laughs> instead of calling my brother all the time. And I eventually came to realize it was because my name ends with a vowel and my brother's name ended with a Y. It'll make sense just now. So because my name ends with a U, it is easier to scream Jabu than to scream Laki. 
So we would be playing on the fourth floor and we lived on the eighth floor and we'd be playing with my friends on the fourth floor and I would hear this loud jabu and I'd run up and my mom would send me back down to go buy bread and come back and go up and give her the bread. And obviously as soon as I give her the bread, I'll go back down to the fourth floor to play with my friends. The second time I'd hear jabu. This time I'm not running up, but I'm stomping up angry and frustrated. Why didn't she tell me when I was just there just now? And I'd get up there and she would say, well, I just called you to say, take your clothes, put them in the washing machine and make sure you hang them before you go back to play. And of course, because I was an obedient child, I would do that. And as soon as I do that, I'd run back downstairs, play with my friends on the fourth floor. Lo and behold, 10 minutes later, ja, woo! You can already know that I didn't go back. I acted as if I didn't hear that she was calling me. All my friends said, Jabu, your mom's calling you. I was like, ah, I didn't hear it. Let's continue playing. <laughs> Until the call was followed by a threat to certain death. And I ran back up the stairs to my mom. You see, something that was true about Samuel is Samuel was a true servant. You see, the, the, the text doesn't do justice to explain the distance in which he ran. He wasn't running from one room to another. He ran from the temple to Eli's house to heed Eli's supposed call. He did not do this once or twice. He did this three times before Eli would figure out that, hey, God is the one who's actually calling this young boy Samuel. Now, why would Samuel think that it was Eli? Why didn't Samuel immediately hear the call and respond and say, Yes, Lord, here I am, your servant listens. Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been, re- been revealed to him. Samuel had not heard the word of the Lord. The effective call of God in the gospel was yet to come to Samuel. He was not like Eli's sons who though they heard the call, though they heard the word, though they knew the word, they responded with rejection and contempt towards God and his people. It says that the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to Samuel. But when it did, his life was transformed forever. That, my friends, is the effective call of God. There's two calls that are happening in Samuel's life here, the call of salvation and the call of service. Let's consider those two calls briefly. Firstly, the call of salvation. Friends, the call of salvation is effective and it is sure. When the good shepherd calls his sheep, they will respond by faith. Why didn't Samuel hear the first time? Why didn't you respond the first time when you heard the gospel preached, but it was at an appointed time when the shepherd himself called you with his effective call that you responded by faith? Have you heard those testimony stories? Oh, I heard the gospel many times growing up. Oh, I grew up in a Christian family, but then I didn't know Jesus. Oh, and then the lights went on. The effective call of God is sure. Consider Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 11. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the mouth one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to 
to shame. James chapter 10, verse 14 to 16. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Church, as you preach the gospel, Preach with confidence. Preach with the confidence that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Preach with the assurance that souls are saved when the gospel is preached. Church, when the gospel is preached and the call of God sounds forth, hearts are softened, life is breathed into dead souls, eyes are opened, and light shines into the souls of men. The call of God in the gos- of the call of God in the gospel is both effective and it is sure. Secondly, the unavoidable and irrefutable call of God to ministry. Three things about if God calls you to ministry. Firstly, there will be an inward compulsion. Martin Martin Lloyd joins Martin Lloyd Jones <laughs> when talking about the divine call said this. You do your utmost to push back and to rid yourself of this disturbance in your spirit which comes in these various ways. But you reach the point when you cannot do so any longer. It almost becomes an obsession so overwhelming that in the end you say, I can do nothing else. I cannot resist any longer. So it's an inward compulsion. Secondly, others see it. You constantly receive comments from people saying, you're going to be in ministry one day. Members of the local church who know you and love the Lord will detect from your conduct and from your service that you are being set apart by God for kingdom ministry. So never run to ministry if no one else in the church saw that you fit for ministry. Number three, Your heart for the lost. Again, Lloyd-Jones would write, The true call always includes a concern about others, an interest in them, a realization of their lost estate and condition, a desire to do something about them, to tell them the message and point them to the way of salvation. So friends, if God is calling you to ministry, there's no Nineveh that you can run to. There's no cave that you can hide in when the Lord calls you. There is an undeniable urge from the Spirit where you feel that you can't but do anything else but serve the Lord your God. Friends, young people, even old people, God can still call you. Pray for this call. Pray that you would listen for His call on your life. Look for it in others that when they come to the church, we can affirm and confirm this call and send them forth. Samuel had heard the effective call of God to salvation and he heard the call of God to ministry. And his first task in ministry was an ear-tingling message from God. Look at verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears will tingle. Friends, whenever that that phrase was used, it means God was about to bring about judgment. And I must confess, this is a difficult message that Samuel had to bring to the house of Eli. The house of Eli, where Eli was not only his priest, but seemed to have been his mentor. Verse 15 tells us 
that Samuel was, did not rush to wake up that morning. It tells us that, that Samuel couldn't get out of bed. The judgment of God upon the priest Eli laid heavy on his shoulders. The sons of Eli had sinned themselves out of the forgiveness of God. God was about to punish the house of Eli forever. The iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering forever. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 says this, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there will no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. There was no forgiveness for the sons of Eli. But why? The sons of Eli had rejected the sacrifice of God. They had rejected the means of forgiveness which was found in the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Tim Chester, who was quoted by Alistair Begg, was very helpful here. He says this, It is not that there are sins which are beyond the scope of the cross. There are no sins which are too big for the grace of God in the blood of Christ to cover. The point is this, If you despise the cross of Christ, then you reject the only means of salvation. Reject Christ's sacrifice and you have nowhere to turn. This is exactly what Eli's sons did. And Eli finds that Samuel was not at his post. So he calls on Samuel and Samuel responds again and says, Here I am. Eli, knowing that the Lord had spoken to the young prophet, sees that this young prophet is struggling to bring this word to Eli, says to him, do not hide it from me. May God do so to you more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. Uh, When I read this, I was like, whoa, Eli. (laughs) Eli knew punishment was coming to his home. And so Eli was, was in this instance helping Samuel to fulfill his duty. And look at verse 18. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. But listen to Eli's response. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. There's a lesson for us here. The word of God is offensive. It offends our sinfulness. It calls us to repentance. It is a sword. It cuts deep to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The word of God must not be only used to encourage the afflicted. It must not only be used to bring joy to the downcast, but it must be used as a rod to the sinner. We must share all the contents of Scripture. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. He held nothing back. Friends, we must proclaim the bad news. People are not just sick. People have not just made a mistake. People are not inherently good. They are dead. They are hell-bound sinners in need of the person and the atoning work of Jesus. They are deserving of God's wrath for sins committed in the body. We must share the bad news. But we don't share bad news without good news. We must also proclaim the good news that there is a Savior. 
God is just and he will not allow for sin to go on unpunished. So in Jesus, he has punished the sins of all who will call upon his name in faith and repentance. So church, as you hear this word, my challenge to you is go and tell that person who you see living in sin. Go and tell them of their sin. Call them out. Do it graciously. Do it in love. Have your chief end be that you want to win them back to God, but you must do it. Don't procrastinate with this task. It is your business. I know we live in an age where everybody says, get out of my business, stay out of my business. But friends, as we are all members of the household of the faith, it is your business. If you love your brother, if you love your sister in Christ, then you want to tell them the truth because you know that they need to hear the word of God, that they may be right with God and that they may grow. And again, consider the response of Eli. And Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. How have you responded to rebuke? How have you responded to rebuke that is from scriptures? How have you responded to even the heavy hand of God over your life at times? You see, we sung tonight, whatever my God ordains is right. His holy will abideth, I will be still. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall. Wherefore, to him I leave it all. Do we actually believe that whatever our God ordains is right? Be it sorrow, be it need, be it death. Do you believe that whatever your God ordains is right? Do you believe that his sovereign will is good? Friends, I want to encourage you today, believe it, live it, and preach it. Finally, I want us to consider a godly prophet in the making. Verse 19, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan, which is the north, to Beersheba, which is the south, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So this is the second and last slice of our word of God sandwich. From the word being re to the word of God arriving through the young and faithful mouthpiece of God, Samuel. See, what is interesting to see here is the change in Samuel's life. When Samuel heard the words of Lord, words of the Lord, when Samuel has now known the Lord, notice what it says. It says, he let none of his words fall to the ground. He could not let them go. He held to them tightly. If you looked at Samuel's mouth, his his lips had the drippings of honey. His soul was satisfied as he drank of the living water. The Lord had revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So tonight, church, have you heard from God? Have you placed yourself in a position where the word of God is taught daily? Is your Bible open every day to hear from God, looking for how he has revealed himself to you? 
So some implications. Parents. Parents, pray that the Lord would save your children. But be intentional. Be intentional to keep your children in the presence of God. Whether it's when you're praying or when you're reading the scriptures at home or when, you're, or when you faithfully bring or invite them to church. Be intentional about putting the word of God before their ears and before their eyes. Do not lose heart as you do this. Pray that the gospel, which has the power of God to save, would save your children. Do not grow weary of praying that prayer. To the Christian, the word of God has the power to save. Preach it. Live it. Tell of all of its truth. Don't just share the good news, but share the bad news too. Rebuke those who are stuck in sin that they may be spared on that day. Oh, unbeliever. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Won't you repent tonight and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and in Jesus alone that you may be saved? Don't buy into the lies of the devil. Don't buy into the lies of the devil shared on social media, shared in all shared all through the philosophers, shared through the ideologies of the day. Friends, there is a God. He will punish all sin. The only way to him is through Jesus Christ. So won't you believe in him? Let's pray. And so God, we do want to say thank you. Thank you that there are those among us who have heard and have responded to the effective call of God over their lives to salvation. Dear God, we pray that you would keep them in your word. Lord, may they delight to find themselves in your presence. Dear God, I pray that we would be those who faithfully, Lord, want to enjoy the riches of your word. God, I pray that when, when people see us, they would see our mouths just so full with the drippings of the honey because, God, we've been to the honeycomb. Dear God, won't you transform our lives as we apply your word in it and God I do want to pray even for the unbelievers in this room God I pray that as they've heard your gospel that you would call them oh good shepherd won't you call them into the fold Lord we pray that they would hear this good news and they would respond by faith as your spirit works in their hearts but God I pray with parents in this room that God please save our children God, we pray that as we intentionally put your word before their ears, before their eyes, as we faithfully put them in the presence of God, Lord, may they be able to respond in faith at your right time. But God, till then, Lord, may we not grow weary of praying for them. May we not grow weary of sharing this good news. Lord, not just to our children, but God, to all around us in the spheres of influence where you have placed us. Thank you, God, for your word. And I pray that this church would not just be a church that says that we are people of the book on paper, but God, I pray that we would also be people of the book by practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.